0: And uh, there are three questions that I prepared for for us to do. That's because there were the remaining three questions from the last Question and Answer Sunday that we did not deal with. And uh, we're going to try and deal with them. The first one has to do uh, with uh, the underground church. And the uh, second one has to do with the diet of Jesus. And the third one has to do with dreams. (laughs) Dreams, interpretation of dreams, was the relation of dreams to Christianity. So, uh, we're going to take follow up after I answer uh, the questions. Now, of course, you know I can answer the question in just one statement. But, we try to do a little bit more than just saying yes or no or whatever. Okay? So, And then I provide an opportunity for dialogue. That is, after I answer the question, you may have issues with my answers. And I've given you the freedom to please do so. But make sure you have Bible backing you. Okay, I don't want to hear your opinion because your opinion don't count. Just as my opinion doesn't count. If it's not based on the Bible. So, you know, now if there are issues, like in the case of dreams, where we don't have any clear direction as far as the Bible goes, then your opinion is as good as mine. And uh, we'll ask God to uh, pray that someone will not go out of this place with a wrong idea. Okay? So, but that's the reason why we give a follow-up, so we can talk about it a little bit more. Uh, sometimes follow ups don't allow us to go to the next question. So don't be irritated if I cut it off abruptly because we need to move to the next point. Okay, any question before we uh, move on this? Any question?
1: Dealing with rules and regulations,
0: dealing with this? None? So, I'm going to read the first question, and then we're going to see a video. Okay? And after the video, I'll come back, and I will... (laughs) All right, well, at least the person said good morning. So, Okay. Question number three. In China alone, the estimated number of Christians in the underground church is in the millions and growing in spite of persecution. You want me to read that again? Okay. In spite of persecution, the number is growing and growing and growing. And you're going to see some videos. In America, we have been lulled into a false sense of security. How can we, as a church, Prepare ourselves for the time in which we also may or will have to go underground, too. Let's watch this video and then I'll come back.
2: Few places in the world are seeing the explosion of God's power like the underground church in China is experiencing. And in the last 60 years, China's communist government has done its best to wipe Christianity off the map. What you are about to see is some of the rarest footage on the planet. In this church, the people wake up at 4.30 to come together for two hours to pray and worship. They do this every day. This church meets in the only place they are safe, a cave. This church meets on a farm, far away from prying eyes. Here's an example of an underground church outreach. The people sitting are Christians. The people who are standing are not. This particular preacher was once crippled, but was healed when someone prayed for her. She now preaches the good news of Jesus to anyone who will listen. In this particular meeting, over 1,000 people became Christians. Here Christians cast out demons from an 18-year-old girl. She's now a preacher. In Shanghai alone, there are over 3,000 house churches, just like this one. One thing Dennis pointed out to me was that most of the underground churches in China are actually led by young people. These kids have all come out of the communist system, and they want nothing to do with it. They only want to spread the love of Jesus to everybody they meet. This is a music school. Well, that's the cover anyway. It's really a training school for students who want to be pastors. The government thinks they're simply learning to play instruments. One thing I quickly realized about the Chinese church is that it's a lot different from the American one. For one thing, they think a four-hour sermon is short. In this church service... It's 120 degrees inside the building. The people meet for 12 hours straight. Dennis told me one story about a time he went to a very remote village in China to preach. He was led into a large room where the people were packed so closely together that he had his back to the wall and could reach out and touch the row in front of him. Everyone stood... There was no room to sit. He asked how long he should preach for, and they told him from 8.30 to 7 at night. Then they asked him, if it wasn't too much trouble, could you come back tomorrow and preach from 8.30 to 7 again? And then, very sheepishly, they asked again, if you'd be so kind, could you come back the day after that and preach from 8.30 to 7? He asked how often he should take breaks, and they told him not to stop. The people will wait, Then he asked them what he should preach on. Everything, they replied, from Genesis to Revelation. And then it dawned on him, these people had no Bibles.
3: After the death of Mao Zedong, the Chinese people, cheated by a false god, began to search for the true God. For the first time in their lives, people from the lowest levels of society came face to face with God's unconditional love, with Christ's sacrifice on the cross, and with the knowledge that in God's temple they had value and dignity, how could they not rejoice, like everyone who has received the most precious gift in the world?
4: I went to church, I felt the atmosphere there was really good.
0: I found true meaning in life. I found a peace that I never felt before, peace in the Lord. So I can say without
4: reservation, I will follow God for the rest of my life.
3: After the service, my soul felt especially sweet and joyful. Lord, how wonderful
2: it will be if we can meet like this every day.
4: I lay away for three nights, overwhelmed with joy. I thought, Lord, what have I received? Why am I so filled with joy? I have no money. I have no family. I have nothing. And you know, I was absolutely sure that this joy came from heaven.
0: I think when we hear about the underground church, some may not have a uh, clear understanding of it. Uh, The term was first applied to the Catholic church that was trying to hide from the Chinese government. And later on, it, it got applied to all the other churches that are not Catholic, but are receiving the message of Christ and know that they cannot worship God uh, openly uh, like you say sometimes the Chinese government will allow up to five people to meet and pray or whatever but once it's more than that it's against the law and um, but but I don't want it to sound like it's only in in China because there are Different places around the world, except especially in in Asia and in Africa, where people were persecuted. Uh, in Africa, it was mostly uh, where the Muslim faith is practiced, and not necessarily in the country, because in the country that I came from, Nigeria, there are, there are supposedly more Muslims than there are Christians. But in some areas, you can practice your Christianity with no fear at all. But in some areas, you are bound to be bombed and uh, your house is destroyed and things like that. So there are still, uh, at least in China, mostly churches that are underground so that people will not see them. They meet in places that are away from the government. Now, there are some sanctioned churches by the government where the government itself, you can see them. Sometimes you may not, but they wear their military uniform. sometimes that are there worshiping with you, making sure that pastor doesn't say anything that is against uh, the government uh, or the principles of communism. Uh, so the underground church uh, actually grew up after the Second World War. Um some historians say between 1947 uh, uh, and 1953, that's when the group really started uh, growing. Uh, but the question, let me let me go back to the question. The question basically is, is in China alone, uh, the estimated number of Christians in the underground church is in the millions and growing in spite of persecution. In America, we have been lured into a false sense of security, how can we, as a church, prepare ourselves for the time in which we may also have to go underground? Now, I've given you a little bit of background on the the actual underground church, specifically in China. But let me say that when it comes to America. when it comes to the other parts of the world, my view is that we Christians in the other world are our own enemies. Christianity in America is becoming so diluted and bastardized to the form where the people who get the more following are the people who are really not preaching the gospel. I'll give you an example. In fact, there's a book that's been authored by someone that's called The Ostinification the of American Christianity. That's based on Joel ostin's preaching. And it's amazing how many people now stay home. The television in America is their church. Some of you will kill me if I preach for two hours. You may not say it. But you won't come back next week. Isn't it amazing? Many of us will sit and watch a movie... And we want to pee, but we won't even want to get up while the movie is going on. We're staying there. In church, all you have to do is just have the feeling you go got to pee. Sometimes we're going to have a traffic jam. People try and go to the toilet. I'm just giving you a taste of American Christianity. You can look around now and see all the empty chairs here. Some people would die if I tell them they're not a member of this church. They're home right now. They're not sick. By the way, David is sick, so pray for David. They they don't have a job they have to go to. They just don't feel like going to church. If you look at Acts chapter 2, the church met every day. We cannot get people to come to church three times a week. It's insane. You're taking us away from our family. Bring your family with you. That's American Christianity. Christianity. We cannot be in church for two hours. Amen. So, do you know the fastest growing religion in America today is not Christianity? It's Islam. It's real statistics. I know people who say they belong to Village Baptist Church, and I know I haven't seen them in two years. That's being generous. Many, uh, Many American Christians will be at the stadium on Sunday. To watch the Raiders, to watch the 49ers, to watch the Cowboys. They will stay there for hours. If the ball goes into overtime, they will not say, I'm going home. I can't stay for this. No persecution is going to kill us. Christians, we're going to kill ourselves. We're going to kill ourselves. Do we really have passion for Christ? That is the question. Do we really have? Let me read this and then I'll leave it open for discussion. But about the day or the hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the sun, but only the Father, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day of Noah, and until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came. And it took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other one left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. One of my favorite people died this past week. Mayor Lee. Just like that. That is your life. The Bible says it, but we don't pay attention to it until it happens. The Bible says, what is your life? It is like a, like a what? Vapor uh, mist comes up and then it goes away. And you can take all the geratols you want to take. Not going to keep you alive. If Jesus came to church today, you know how many people would have missed him. Don't wait for anybody to persecute you. We're persecuting ourselves. But suppose the servant, the servant is wicked and says to himself, My master is staying away a long time, and he then begins to be his fellow servants and to eat and drink. With drunkard, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites there where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I can go on. Read Matthew chapter twenty, chapter 24 and Matthew chapter 25. Any follow-up with that? No follow-up? Okay. Seems clear. Let's go to the next question. Question number four, please. Uh, Recently, I watched the hour-long documentary called What the Hell?, It states how harmful all meat and eggs and dairy are to the human body and how much harm it causes in the long run for our health. Unavoidable. Did Jesus eat meat? And if he did, what does it tell us about how and what we should eat today? Jesus was actually never recorded eating meat. But as a Jewish person, he was allowed to eat all kinds of meat except the ones that are considered unclean. For example, pigs, pork, snake, shellfish, and and different animals that are described in a way in the Old Testament. Uh, that did not chew the cord. So uh, it's today we use the uh language kosher meat. They were allowed to eat kosher meat. Okay. Uh we know that Jesus uh took part and ate the Passover as it's recorded in Luke chapter twenty two verses seven through eight and uh That Luke 22, 7 through 8 goes back to Exodus, the book of Exodus chapter 12 and verse 5, where uh, the Passover was established. But in the Passover, the Jewish people were allowed to eat lamb or goat. So you could eat lamb or goat meat. Uh, If you notice also in Luke chapter 24, after the resurrection, Jesus asked his disciples to give him fish. And in fact, the way he said it was, "Do you have any meat for me to eat?" And they said, "Of course, they they were just finished, you know, fishing, so they gave him fish." So uh, it's uh, it's assumed that meat was not uh, prohibited for them. But of course, you know, today you just have to be careful what you eat. You have to be careful because. The meat industry has gone beyond Jerusalem. Okay. They now use antibiotics. They use uh, steroids. They use a lot of things that are pumped into the animals so that they can fast produce. Uh, They do a lot of uh, genetic engineering. Uh, So uh, you're on your own. That's why you should pray before you eat. (laughs) Now, (laughs) in uh, John chapter 21, uh, I want to read verses 9 through 14 real quick. When they landed, they saw a fire burning, uh, burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And by the way, they also tell you don't eat bread today. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have, you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples there asked him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now, what I, want us, what I want for you to use as a guide is Romans chapter 14. And it's a long passage, but just in case, I'm going to read it, and then I'll leave it open for questions, for follow-up questions. Uh, Romans chapter 14. It's a long passage, but uh, follow me carefully if you can. Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not, and the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does. For God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. One person considers one day is more sacred than another. Another considered every day a lie. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord for they give thanks to God and whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God for none of us lives for ourselves alone and none of us dies for ourselves alone if we live we live for for the Lord and if we die we die for the Lord so whether we live or die we belong to the Lord for this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue would acknowledge God. So then, Each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not by your eating destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Let us make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. All right, so I, I will say, you know, don't listen to the first TV program that tells you egg is good. It may be sponsored by the egg industry. You know, so everything you read, everything you hear, Doctor Us, Doctor D, Doctor Y, they tell you everything you need to eat. What well, you know, sometimes they're being sponsored by people, and you need to be careful what they're telling you. I think your uh, remember Daniel, remember the uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their life was different from the rest of them because they decided to not partake what the world is eating, but to do what God has directed them to do. Okay, so uh, we need to be very careful in what we eat. I thank God for Michaela who taught me a little bit on eating, eating habits, and I have changed my eating habits drastically, and I think I feel it too. So whatever you think is going to be good for your body, take care of the temple that God lives in. And don't put. A lot of things in it. That you know yourself. Are not good. Okay. It's like eating McDonald's fries. It's just like plastic. It's not digested. You know. I, I won't go into that. I destroy McDonald's for some of you now. Okay. I think. Eating all things in moderation is good. Amen. Eating all things in moderation. Okay, follow-up questions? Follow-up remarks? Huh? Nobody wants to walk up there? What Say wherever you are. Okay, you want to go up It's in Leviticus, the 11th chapter. It, uh, it was described what kind of
1: animals you were to eat and Correct. things like that. Correct. Uh, but I understand that when it got to the New Testament, as you said, whatever we eat, as long as it is blessed
0: before we eat, is good for us, more or less good for us. So have you any comments on those two disc- discretions there? Yes, uh, I, I again, you've said it so I don't need to really uh, improve on it because we have the Levitical system and we have the Christian system, which was brought after Christ. Christ changed a lot of things, you know so but by changing it he did not mean eat anything. okay. Even if you bless some things, you have to be very careful. Okay? You cannot put uh, poison in front of you and say, I'm going to bless it and I'm going to eat it. So don't test God. Okay? So you understand what I'm saying? All right. Don't eat uh, bacon every day and say you're not going to have heart trouble because you blessed it. Any other? It's going to be a quick one today. Okay. Let's go to the next one, which is about dreams. Dreams and the Christian faith. How should we view the importance of dreams? Christian dream interpretation, Are our dreams from God. Now, This was not exactly the way the question was asked. So if you're here and you're the one that asked it, I'm rephrasing it in such a way so we can deal with it in general. And what we'll we'll do is apply the general principle to particulars. Is everybody with me? In other words, you know, uh, whatever you're dealing with as far as dreams go, uh, hopefully the way I'm addressing it will... Deal with the question and maybe the follow-up also can clarify some things. Okay. Everybody here knows I don't interpret dreams. So don't have a dream and then come to me. Especially if that dream has to do with me. Okay, just keep it to yourself. Amen. It's it's you know. I'm going to deal with some principles later on, but let me talk about while I'm dealing with this because it's really important for you to know what I'm saying so you don't think I'm just trying to be funny. Okay? A lot of people who have dreams, and if, you're not, if you have a dream and God is using you to speak to somebody, God is going to be crystal clear. I have never seen a prophet from Joseph to Solomon to Daniel to Joel say, The Lord gave me this dream and I was just wondering what it's about. So, my point is this if God gave you a dream and it is supposed to be for somebody or for a group of people he will let you know for sure this is what it is.
1: Better still,
0: we must keep in mind that the Bible is complete. God doesn't need you to talk to me. He has already spoken. Very clear unambiguous. And God will not tell you anything in a dream or show you anything in a dream that is against his word. If you dream something and it's against God, well, just blame it on rapid eye movement. That's all it is. When God speaks, he speaks very clearly. In the book of Hebrews, he said, God in the past spoke to our fathers in visions and dreams, but in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son Whom he has appointed the heir of all things. And by whom also he created the world. God has spoken to us in Jesus. Jesus has spoken to us through the gospels. And he has spoken to us through his apostles. And we don't need any new revelation coming out. I'm not saying you're not going to see visions. I'm not saying you're not going to dream dreams. But your dreams cannot usurp the authority of Scripture. If you have a dream and feel that perhaps God gave it to you, prayerfully examine the Word of God and make sure your dream is in agreement with Scripture. Let's say you had a dream, and in this dream, You had five wives. Don't get up in the morning. You know, I had a dream today. Before I had that dream, I I saw Jesus. And I had five wives. Jesus is telling me something. Hello? He is not telling you anything. Okay? You are having a psychological moment. In fact, it's very clear, you know, how God deals uh, in dreams. So, let me me just uh, say this. Five things I want to say. Number one is, we are too preoccupied in our daily routines with some ideas. Sometimes, that comes up in dreams. If you're not dreaming about the Word, you're not dreaming about God. Christ-like things, and you're dreaming about things that are out of this world, it may be a sign to you that you should stop devoting yourself to that thing. Amen. You're spending too much time. Amen. Amen? You start watching this Netflix. And all of a sudden, you're dreaming the dreams. And Okay. Number two. Dreams sometimes... Just show that you are a human being. And you're just going through a normal brain function. If you get up in the morning, you remember it. You remember it. If you get up in the morning, you don't remember it. You don't remember it. Don't, don't waste any time on it. Amen. People say, you're dreaming, you're falling, it means this. You're dreaming, you're going high, you mean this. It's absolutely nothing. Psychologists have to make money, and they have to write books. The third thing is that you may have had a bad night or ate the wrong food. Some things that you do physically actually affect you psychologically, even in your sleep. The other is that God may be telling you something. Remember I said you. Not the church. Not sister X, brother Y. But you. It is usually clear, like I said before, it's clear, unconfusing, It's to the point because God is not the author of confusion. Don't have a dream that is meant for you. Bring it to the church and you divide people. The other thing is that dreams can also reflect unmet needs and longings. So, if you're having dreams about something all the time, you need to take care of it. It's something in your life that you need to deal with. And I'm not even talking spiritually, right? I'm talking about, uh, generally speaking, there may be some things that really needs to be taken care of uh, that you need to do. Uh, God knows about us. He knows everything about us. So you need to go to God and be honest with him and tell him, Lord, what is it that you're telling me? Lord, what is it that I need to do? Lord, what is it that I need to change? And let him deal with you. Don't let your dreams affect your relationships. Because you'll be putting too much emphasis where it should not be. Okay, I'm going to leave it open. Yes. You want the microphone?
1: dream deja vu. okay
0: um, you guys said that's not gonna be on the tape because no, on, okay.
1: On, okay all right all right uh, do we dream deja vus
0: okay deja vu is a French word deja means already Vu means to see so Deja vu means I have seen this before. So I'm not sure if your question is, do you dream a dream that you've dreamt before? Or do you dream a dream of something that has happened before? Or you dream and you say, wait a minute, that thing happened to me before.
1: Well, yeah. I was, I was sitting somewhere and I saw everything for like, what was it, three, four seconds where I've seen it before and I hadn't And I just don't know how to explain it. You don't remember
0: where you saw it from. Right. Okay, yeah. It happens a lot. So what is that? Yeah, Pastor, what is that? You guys know I don't have a degree in psychology. I don't want to practice without license. Okay, but uh, I believe... To me, personally, it's just life experience. Ce n'est pas déjà vu, mais vous contrez c'est déjà vu. In other words, it's not really something you've seen before. Sometimes it could be something similar to what you've seen before. And you think, I have seen this before. Or you're talking to somebody and they said something, you say, I think she said that before. It could be similar to what you've seen before, but it's not exactly the same thing. It's just my opinion. It has no basis uh, in psychology or anything. So the issue is, is it really true that you've seen? Maybe it is. But I I don't think it is. Uh, uh, Because you don't even step in the same water twice. Even if the water is right in front of you, step in it once, take your foot out, you step in it again, it's not the same water. But you think it is. Any follow-up on that? Yes, Jewel. Uh, Wait a minute. Uh, Can we get the mic to her?
4: Uh, my question is: What if you had a dream and it actually happens? Ooh,
0: that's a good one. Uh, and by the way, there were many examples in the in the Bible. Uh, you cannot argue with something that happened, right? Uh, I'm not sure if the question is, should you take hold of that as a moment of evangelism? In other words, if you dreamt about it and it happened, I would seize opportunity to use it, either with myself or with somebody else, to share the gospel. In other words, let's say you dreamt that somebody was going to be admitted into the hospital and you didn't do anything about it because you thought it was just a dream, because you didn't know, and they ended up in the hospital, it would be significant as a Christian for you to go visit that person and to say, you know, I dreamt about you being in the hospital, and I believe God has called me here to pray for you, you know, and use that as a way to share Christ and leave the door open for future communication, you know, that's, you know. I'm, I just use that as an example. It could be a lot of us. I'm just trying to see how you could use that situation because I don't think that God will allow you to see something before it happened and it actually happened and you don't do anything about it. You, you should follow it up, but ask the Lord, how should I use this to share your, your uh, righteousness and your holiness with somebody else?
4: yes what kind of goes along with what Jewel just asked um, I had a dream years ago uh, and, and it unfolded before my eyes right before, I had it on a Thursday night and that Sunday morning in church it happened just like I saw it in my dream and I asked God so what what was that were you just we I think I don't know if he were just telling me to pay attention to your dreams in the future because I've had dreams that I believe very firmly came from God and then you know or she had some crazy dreams because I ate too many beans or something <laughs> but, but you you there's a difference between you know when you're a little crazy every night dreams and something that you believe God is speaking so I just when I saw when I saw this thing unfolding before my eyes I the, there was a person sitting next to me and I was just so excited I couldn't believe it I was trying to explain to her what I was seeing and that I saw everything um but again I to this day I just think God was just telling me pay attention not every dream it's not going to be Some dreams are going to be Significant So don't throw away All of them um, So that's, that's just what I got out of that Particular dream
0: Definitely Amen uh, Any question for the Any follow up for
4: that I don't have a, okay. a follow up But um, it's kind of In the same thing But with the dreams Dealing with things like Before you were saved And then once you got saved Stuff that bothered you When you weren't saved and then once you got saved, dealing with those till to this day, does that mean that you haven't fully forgiven yourself for it? Because you know that God isn't going to condemn you for it once you forget, you know, he washed you clean. So what does it mean in the sense that you can still be dealing with those things?
0: In that dream?
4: Yeah, or just in general, like laying down and just thinking about it. And it's constantly coming up like, what's the problem? Is he saying to, is that something that you have to deal with? Like forg- yeah, It's, a, it's a tough
0: question to answer, but let me try it this way. If, if I'm not doing a good job, then we can go back to it. If I'm understanding you, if, let's say, let's say you used to drink a lot when you were a non-Christian. Then you became a Christian. You don't drink anymore. But then you dream a lot about drinking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
4: often wonder, you know, like for uh, ex-drug addicts, we do seem to have those dreams where we're using or we're drinking again. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're aware that you're sober and you actually feel in your dream that you're doing something wrong. It's the weirdest thing, but we do have reoccurring dreams. Oh, I'm drinking and I'm, you know, doing the drugs or whatever. So it does yeah. happen it, it, a it, lot.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not in <laughs> I'm not denying that, but what I'm, what I'm saying is when that happens, when that happens, that's when you call on your prayer partner and you share with them your dream. You say, pray for me. Pray for me. Uh, yield not to temptation. You know, uh, pray for my strength. Uh, if you are an alcoholic, that may be the best time to call your sponsor and say, I'm just having this recurring dream, and talk about it. It's, you know, remember that dream is very real. It's very real in that you are going through it, even though you are asleep. Okay, Your brain is actively involved, and our brain is powerful. Is powerful in the sense that you are actually in the situation. Okay, so that's why you need to take it serious if it's something of concern, and 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 seek help. It could be a way of saying, uh, maybe you're gonna have some friends who are gonna meet you and they're gonna you know try to get you back or whatever you know. So. Uh, It's good to take it seriously. Pray about it, of course, always. Uh, um, Don't share with too many people. Okay? Because we have a tendency to change stories. You tell somebody you had a dream about uh, using, and they go to somebody and they say, oh, she's back using again. Okay? And pretty soon you won't be able to you know, get it away from, you know. So, again, you know, be be careful about that. Because of it? I think think sometimes if you ask for forgiveness, I want you to be guaranteed of this. The Bible says God has forgiven you. If you ask for forgiveness. Uh, God is not one who goes back. On his word. Guarantee. I know some bad things I've done. Okay. But I know God has forgiven me. I don't even dwell on them. I don't let the devil make me waste my time. Okay. So uh, uh, once you're free, you're free. Herbert, and then we'll go to Adam. Adam. I think it's on, eh? Please, let's not turn it off anymore.
1: Hello? Uh, okay. You hear me now? <laughs> well, my name's Herb Wade, and I was just wanted to say this to the little kids. When I was a little kid, I used to have a lot of bad dreams, falling and all of that kind of stuff. And I don't know if this contains what we're talking about, but I learned to pray more by the bedside before I went to bed at night. And when I got down on my knees and said them prayers, I slept real good and didn't have them bad dreams anymore, you know. Did you tell the, your mom? Huh? Did you tell your mom? Well, the <laughs> thing about it, she the one taught me how to pray. Okay. You know. But, you know, okay. I never forgot that as long as I live right now, when I had bad dreams, when I prayed at night, I didn't have those dreams and slept real good. Amen. You know, Amen. so. I guess, yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're share. talking
0: about—the importance of prayer and the need for prayer. Okay, Adam, please don't turn it off.
3: So I know we're talking about dreams when we're sleeping, but I had uh, I had a thought that—do you think the um, the dreams of our of our heart are inspired by God? Because I know. The, the same dreams that I had as a kid, um, not as a Christian, unsaved, are still today pertinent in my life. Being saved, um, so I guess my question is: Do, do you think, you know, like the dreams that a lot of us aspire to do, to go out and do, not when we're sleeping, you know, that we deal with throughout our life, um, are inspired by God?
0: I cannot, well, let me first say that I'm not sure I totally understood your question. In other words, you were having dreams when you were young, before you became a Christian, and they are back in your life now.
3: Yes, but not dreams like asleep dreams. Okay. Um, I mean, I have had those too as well, that reoccurring, but... Like your aspirations.
0: that Oh, your hopes and your aspirations. Yeah. Some people call
3: them dream, like, you know, dream big.
0: (laughs) Like Dr. King's, I have a dream. I have
3: a dream, exactly. Okay. Do you think those things that we deal with, and I know a lot of us have had the same one since we're kids, um, do you think that's God's original inspiration for us? Or, you know, I'm not sure if I'm asking that right.
0: Yeah. Well, let me say this, that to be frank with you, I as a person and as a preacher do not believe that God directs us without us having a relationship with him. So if it has to do with a relationship with him, it will be post-conversion, not pre-conversion. Anyone don't understand what I just said? Okay. You know, that's just the principle that guides me. Okay? Because becoming a Christian is a very significant thing in life. Before Christ and after Christ. (laughs) BC and
4: AD, after death.
0: Well, not AD. Oh. AC. AC,
4: gotcha.
0: Okay, BC and AC. You know, once you meet Christ, your life is drastically divided. Before you meet Christ and after you meet Christ. Before you meet Christ, it could be a lot of crazy things, even dreams. When you meet Christ, the crazy things should not continue to happen in your life. I, I, agree, I agree. I agree. So the things that you get from the time you meet Christ will be for your life in Christ and with Christ. And, and
3: I agree, Pastor. You know, my, my life has drastically changed yes. since I've turned turned my life over. Amen. I mean, in 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 a lot of ways, and I still struggle yeah. daily with things and. Yeah. Um, but it's it it's changed huge but just just for example like a- as a child growing up just to give you an example of what i'm asking um when i was a child growing up before i knew christ i had i've always had a dream dream and aspiration for for music for okay. music and i and kind of just half-heartedly followed it growing up and never really got fully into it but since i've came to christ it's still there and i feel it's there in my heart deeper than it was before so okay. I've, that's kinda of where I was. But going. has the focus changed? I haven't put my feet no, I haven't put it into action.
0: Well that's that's what you need to look at. Yeah. Because before you came to Christ you could be dreaming about becoming Michael Jackson. Or Michael <laughs> whatever. Okay. <laughs> After Christ it should be different. The focus should be different. Yeah. You know. Before Christ you'll be you could be be the best musician that makes all this money and all this gold rep After Christ, you're a musician in church praising God and playing your guitar and, you know, blessing people everywhere. Nobody's paying you a dime. Yes. But people are being saved. People are being changed. Their lives are getting better because you're serving Christ. That's totally different. You know, so that's why I said just make sure the focus is a little bit different. And if you're still having the same dreams, uh, baptize the dream. Mm-hmm.
4: Yes, I was gonna say the exact same thing you were saying before Christ. I used to wanna to be a you know, a big star, you know, a singer in the R and B world. But I, I directly changed. As soon as I came to Christ, I want to sing for him. You know, and it's, it's just amazing because you can witness and you can minister through music. Amen. So, yes, he, he those dreams, he'll change them to he'll change your desires, right? Amen. To his will.
0: Okay. Uh, this is probably the last one and then we'll be going home.
1: <laughs> oh, it's aunt, no, it's me, right? it's oh, it's you. Yeah. Okay. Um. I want to know. You said that you need to talk to someone about your dreams if you wake up. So, a couple weeks back, I had a dream where people weren't telling me good morning, and I was graphically murdering everyone. <laughs> <laughs> So those 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 dreams are obviously not real. So when you so when you wake up, you just like laugh it off, or do you say, you know, I was graphically murdering people in my dream? <laughs> those dreams are uh,
0: rapid eye movements. <laughs> so uh, you thank the Lord for waking up and say, now that is not true." <laughs> And then you get on your knees and thank God and pray for all those who are being killed around the world and tell God to save people from murdering governments and pray for Nigeria. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm serious. Uh, there are a lot of things in our life. They're there for a reason. We need to pray for some people, that you know. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we end up with a very fantastic dream. <laughs> All right. And I want to I want to borrow from uh Adam Adam talked about having dreams. And I don't mean dream in my sleep, but dream in the Martin Luther King metaphor. My dream is that nobody here that comes to this church that sits under my teaching will die and go to hell. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter what people think about you. Doesn't matter what shame you think is going to come because you've been here for a long time. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, do it while you still have life. Amen. Amen. My dream is that nobody under the sound of my voice will not accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because there's absolutely nothing that you can do about your salvation. Only God can save you. And what you need to do is just be open to him. Don't don't think you're going to slide into heaven because you go to church. Don't think you're going to slide into heaven because you used to sing in the choir. Don't Don't think you can slide to heaven because you're an usher. It is a decision that you make to turn from self to God. And to rely on the finished work of Christ on the cross. Do it today while you have the opportunity. Amen. Why don't we say prayer now. Adam, close us in prayer.